Hi, I'm Yusuf Zin. My latest TVO Today podcast is on how a Canadian ends up in a Chinese prison, and if he's even alive. Listen and subscribe to Extradition. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. Help TVO create a better world through the power of learning. Visit TVO.org and make a tax-deductible donation today. If there's one city in Ontario which has had an occasionally rocky relationship with its francophone minority, it's Sault Ste. Marie. 34 years ago, city council there overwhelmingly passed a resolution to make the Sioux an officially unilingual English city. Some Anglophones liked the idea of putting the French in their place. Some Francophones felt like second-class citizens. Well, 34 years later, the Sioux has returned to the French-English controversy, but with a very different outcome. And here is the mayor of Sault Ste. Marie, or perhaps I should say Sault Ste. Marie, Matthew Shoemaker, with more on this. Your Worship, welcome back to TVO. Thank you, Steve. Great to see you again. Let's start by having you take us back. Let's go back to 1990. What was going on in the Sioux that made City Council vote 11 to 2 to be a unilingual English city? The uh, circumstances of the time were that the Meech Lake uh, accord was being debated across the country, fervently debated, I might add. Uh, bill uh, 8, the provincial government bill, expanding French language services to communities throughout the uh, province had uh, been passed and was coming into force, uh, you know, at varying stages throughout the period of 86 to 90. And there was uh, pushback from municipalities and the Sioux uh, had a uh, significantly uh, popular petition that circulated amongst the city to declare the Sioux a English-only community. It uh, met the favor of the Council of the Day and uh, we uh, passed what was called, or what became known as the English-only resolution and uh, are, I think, still paying for it uh, many years later. But we'll, we'll, uh, we'll return to that notion of how the city may or may not be paying for it, but what did the designation effectively mean? It, well, it was ultimately determined to be uh, outside of our legal authority to pass. Four so, years later, though. Yes, multiple years later. Mm -hmm. But it uh, it uh, meant that the Sioux would conduct itself in English, that the working language of the city would be English. And it was rightfully seen as a uh, slap in the face of Francophone community members. And if you were a Francophone and you wanted services in French at City Hall, you couldn't get them? Simple as that? I, I think it was, you know, you might, you'd, you'd be relying on good luck if that were the mm -hmm. case. What about the, uh, so uh, we mentioned in the intro, some English parts of Sault Ste. Marie thought this was appropriate. Francophone parts of the Sioux, how do they react? They reacted as I think you would expect of uh, them at the time. There were uh, protests, there were court challenges, ultimately successful. There were people moving out of the city. There were uh, you know, reports in the papers of the day of uh, numerous people leaving the city, French teachers, French families. Uh, there was uh, open, I would say, uh, uh, conflict between Anglophones and Francophones in the community. Uh, open debate, uh, you know, at grocery stores and places of worship that uh, uh, would, uh, Francophone community members would encounter and retell the stories of to this day. So it was, it was, it was a negative scene, for sure. A big deal locally, but what about uh, in the rest of the province? Did it have legs? It did, yes. It uh, became, uh, we became the lightning rod for Francophone, Anglophone uh, uh, discord in the, in the country. And, uh, you know, there were uh, newspapers across the country uh, saying that Sault Ste. Marie had, you know, forgotten the history of our country, the foundations of our country, the history of our own city, which is, as you note, a French-named city, Sault Ste. Marie. Um, and, uh, you know, it became a, a, a symbol for the, the, 
Meech Lake Accords and the, and the uh, tension that came with uh, the Meech Lake Accords. It became a symbol for the dispute uh, amongst uh, majority English communities that were, you know, potentially facing uh, the the cost of offering francophone services. Now. The Sioux wasn't included in that ultimately, uh, and it was one of the things that uh, was thrown out there as a bit of a red herring at the time, that we would be forced to provide uh, francophone services, but ultimately that um, was never intended to be the purpose of Bill 8, and, and we wouldn't have been forced to provide francophone services. Just a word, Bill 8 was the, was the act of the legislature proposed by David Peterson's liberal government that gave extra French language services where numbers warranted. That's right. And okay. Sault Ste. Marie's numbers didn't warrant, but it was, it, it took on a mythology of its own. Hmm. Not to get too personal here, but were you even alive when any of this happened? I, uh, I was about one and a half at the time <laughs> this all took place in 1990. And uh, it, uh, you know, I had the fortune of going to French school after uh, I, I became a student in, in the 90s and 2000s. And, um, learned about this because uh, you know many of the families of uh, fellow students that I went uh, to school with, many of the teachers were directly affected by the decisions taken in 1990. Well, because I was going to say, you clearly didn't live through this, so that's that was not the impetus for presumably your bringing this forward. So you wanted to make a change. What was the impetus, in fact? The impetus was after I was elected mayor in uh, November of 2022. Um, the, there was much media coverage in the Northern Ontario media about uh, the fact that Sault Ste. Marie had elected a first uh, French-speaking mayor. And uh, it, it gave me the sense that something was still off amongst Francophone and Anglophone relations in the community because I noted that, you know, I had gone to school with a lot of the people that, uh, that were affected by this, but it had been, you know, 20 years since I had been in elementary school. So uh, uh, it wasn't something that top of my mind, but as these, uh, the, as the media coverage uh, focused on that aspect of my election, it caused me to have conversations with Francophone community members, and I, I felt that there was still lingering, uh, a lingering scar that uh, Francophone community members felt from the council decision. So what have you done instead? So uh, over the course of uh, the last little while, I drafted uh, what I have been referring to as the French language services resolution that offers um, a francophone help to residents who come to City Hall to navigate services at uh, our, our municipal offices. So essentially making sure that there is always someone on city staff that is available to assist someone who wants to come to City Hall and speak French because it's their maternal language. As of when? Well, as of the resolution date, which was January 29th, uh, 2024, several weeks ago, which is the 34th anniversary of the English-only resolution passing. Um, and uh, the hope is, you know, it's probably going to take us uh, a couple weeks to develop a policy. We're a few weeks later at this point. Um, but uh, the idea is we will be able to immediately draw upon many francophones that work in City Hall to assist uh, residents uh, navigate municipal services. How is this different? Because I do remember Mayor uh, John Rosewall, this is probably how long ago now, 15 years maybe ago, he did offer an apology to the Francophone community. So how is this either different to or complementary of all of that? I think it builds on that. Mayor Roswell offered a, an apology in 2010. Uh, Mayor Provenzano, another of my predecessors, um, 
rose, uh, raised the uh, Franco-Ontarian flag at City Hall in 2015. This is the next step, I think, in that healing uh, journey. And there was some question as to whether or not there was council endorsement of Mayor Roswell's apology. Uh, this, I wanted to be sure, covered all the bases. So it uh, it's to ensure that we can offer French language services. It had the endorsement of the unanimous council on uh, two weeks ago. And uh, it was uh, developed uh, in conjunction or in consultation, I should say, with the Francophone community to ensure that whatever lingering um, uh, issues or, or concerns they had with previous apologies or flag raisings or, of course, the initial motion itself, the 1990s English language uh, resolution, would be uh, hopefully uh, put behind us. And what's been the reaction this time? Overwhelmingly positive. Uh, Even from the English? You know what? The, the Anglophone community or the majority community in Sault Ste. Marie had put this behind them a long time ago. And um, the issue was it had been put behind uh, the Anglophone community. You know, we had, we had put it behind us as Anglophone majority community members, but without ever seeing if there was any work left to do to heal the divisions that the 1990s resolution created. And so the Francophone community still felt like it had this lingering, uh, you know, um, the, this lingering issue with uh, council never having either repealed the motion or formally apologized it from a vote of council. And so that's what we tried to resolve this past uh, Monday by saying, we are going to ensure that you've got services available to you in your mother tongue. And it was done, uh, you know, with uh, their input and uh, hopefully uh, moves forward on a positive path. Now, if I recall, the mayor of the Sioux, when this happened, was a guy named Joe Fertese. And uh, he, he was sort of the guy who was behind the English-only resolution. And somebody asked him the other day, what do you think of this? And he, he wasn't all that thrilled with this development. He said, you shouldn't have done this because it's, quote, picking at an old scab. And there were other priorities that he felt you should be focused on instead. What's your reaction to that? I am uh, not generally in the business of uh, critiquing my predecessor's uh, actions. But you'll make an exception for us here today. But yeah. the uh, the resolution, I think, speaks to what I thought of the decision from 1990. It, uh, the, the, the text of the resolution makes clear what I think of the 1990s decision. And uh, to get into a push and pull with their, my predecessor uh, would be a disservice to what the motion actually does, which is to try and heal old wounds, not to drum up old battles. So I'm not uh, uh, going to engage, but I think that uh, the resolution speaks for itself. When all this French-English stuff was going on three and a half decades ago, the premier, as I said earlier, was David Peterson. And when he would go to the Sioux, and particularly when he tried to speak, as he always, almost always did, uh, in both official languages of the country, uh, he did get a bit of a rough ride in the Sioux from time to time. I wonder if um, you've heard from him on all of this. I have. I uh, had sent him, as a courtesy, the copy of the motion prior to it passing, and he was uh, uh, rather supportive. He thought that it was an excellent step in, the, uh, you know, in, in trying to, as I, as I noted, heal the wounds of the past and, and make right what I think was an incorrect decision back in 1990. Uh, does the council know that he's essentially in favor of what you're trying to do here? I did ask him uh, if I could share his email with council, and it did form part of the council agenda on January 29th. So not only council is aware, but the community at large is uh, or should be aware uh, that he was uh, extremely uh, complimentary of the efforts that council was undertaking. 
And one more on this. When you spoke at council about this, what language did you speak in? I used both official languages. I uh, started in French. I thought that was a way to, the, the gallery was uh, quite full of uh, Francophone community members who came out to support the decision of council. So I wanted to know, I wanted this to be the first uh, foray into that uh, community, knowing that French was uh, a language that they should feel comfortable using at city council. And so I did my uh, my uh, speech uh, to the community and to the Francophone members uh, in, in French and f- followed it up with an English copy. Gotcha. Okay, on this program tonight, we are also going to be taking a look at the opioid epidemic around Ontario. And I really can't have you sitting here and not ask you about this because you represent a part of Ontario where this is a major thing. What does it look like on the streets of Sault Ste. Marie today? It's, uh, it's, it's a challenging file that we are unable to get ahead of. We have, other than Thunder Bay, the highest toxicity rates, the highest hospitalization rates, the highest overdose uh, uh, hospitalizations and deaths uh, from opioid use uh, in the province. And we are continually lobbying the provincial government to assist us with additional services, be they supervised consumption, which of course the province has paused at the moment, uh, be they mental health and addictions, uh, uh, clinical type services that we can uh, rely on or that we can direct residents to because it is filling up our shelters, filling up our emergency rooms, uh, taxing the uh, mental health uh, providers that we've got in town. And it's uh, a file that, you know, the North does, uh, the North as a whole from Northwestern to Northeastern Ontario does poorer in in uh, outcomes than Southern Ontario, where you've got more proximity to uh, withdrawal management, more proximity to rehabilitation services, and a lot more uh, funded and open supervised consumption mm-hmm. sites. Whereas in the North, you've got one funded one in Thunder Bay, two which are open and municipally funded in Timmins and Sudbury that had, have never received provincial approval, and the Sioux, which is uh, traveling down the path of wanting to open one, but unable to do so because of the provincial review. We have a premier right now who famously says, I am accessible to any municipal official. They've all got my phone number. They can call me anytime they want and make their pitch. Have you done that directly with the premier? I have. He was in the Sioux uh, last winter and we discussed uh, this issue. He had to take off, so he uh, gave me his phone number and I did follow up with a phone call to him. It was uh, a productive call. I think he was receptive to the fact that Northern Ontario's needs are um, more critical in this area than Southern Ontario's needs. But ultimately it was, you know, this is an issue for my health minister, my uh, associate minister of mental health and addictions to look at. And so I'll put you in contact with them. And we've lobbied them uh, uh, a, a significant number of times without the response that we'd hope for. Without the response you want. What's Correct. it gonna take? Well, uh, I I don't know what it will take, but I do know that during the period uh, that this continual delay for the requests we've made for funding for our hospital to run certain programs, that the number of deaths continue to rise. And so each passing month that uh, we don't get an answer that uh, we think would help our community is a month that there is going to be more deaths and uh, higher statistics in Sault Ste. Marie than there are elsewhere. Uh, in our last 30 seconds here, the Sioux is represented by a Conservative MPP. Is he helpful? 
Uh, he he uh, he certainly is helpful in bringing the message uh, to Queen's Park. It hasn't seemed to uh, get the result that we are hoping for, but I'm in relatively constant communication with uh, MPP Romano, and uh, I know that he has said in the past that he's supportive of supervised consumption. It's one of these things that, you know, if it's the government's policy of the day to pause uh, uh, approvals of these, then I suspect that a lone member who supports it uh, probably is not going to be able to change the tide of uh, the province's thinking. Okay. That's uh, His Worship, Matthew Shoemaker, the mayor of Sault Ste. Marie, Sault Ste. Marie. Merci beaucoup. Uh, C'était un grand plaisir de... You know what? I shouldn't have quit French in high school, but let me just say, un plaisir de partager, partager cette émission avec vous aujourd'hui. Merci. Merci, Steve. The Agenda with Steve Pakin is made possible through generous philanthropic contributions from viewers like you. Thank you for supporting TVO's journalism.